I am a church member. And again, we're asking you to get them. We're not trying to sell them, actually. We're giving them away if you'll be in study. Uh, but I am a church member by Tom Rayner. We've, we've talked about it. One, I did one message already pertaining to it. But again, I want us to, to really get what God is saying to us through his word and through this man of God. In chapter 2, it talked about a unifying church member, what a unifying church member is, um, how it's our responsibilities as church members to unify the body of Christ. And I told you before, I wasn't one to really talk about being a church member because we spent some time talking about moving from membership to discipleship. And that the Bible clearly tells us, Jesus calls us to be disciples. He doesn't cause us to be members. But the truth of the matter would be that we are members based upon we are part of the body of Christ. As part of the body of Christ, and we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about we are part of the body of Christ, and the body has many members. So we become those members part of the body of Christ. And I like that because when you think about your own body, we don't think of it just, it is one body, but we think of all of the various all the various members that we have of the body. And I would venture to say that all of us like all of our body, all of the parts of our body. I think we kind of like all the parts of our body. I, I don't see us really voluntarily want to get rid of any part of the body because it has a function. Um, I remember when someone was getting an appendix taken out, and the doctor was telling them, well, it doesn't really serve any purpose. They said, yeah, but it might. I want to keep it. <laughs> but the point of the matter is, I think it's a good analogy because when he talks about us being the part of the body of Christ, we realize that we all are part of the body of Christ. We all are members. And members of your body have different functions. All of your body doesn't do the same thing. That, that's a great thing. And all of us as members of the body of Christ don't do the same thing. Now, I've kind of figured out why it is that good church folk get mad with other church folk and think that the other folk are not saved. Oh, yeah, I'm going there this morning. I, I kind of figured it out. I figured it out. It's because when you are saved and you've accepted Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, you have at least one spiritual gift. Now, many times you may not know exactly what that gift is, but you know you're doing this thing because God has blessed you and you love God. So you're so excited about doing whatever you're doing. You're just so excited. You're, you're doing this thing that you've been gifted to do. And we see that as a gift that God has given me, a gift that God has given you, and you begin to do what you're gifted to do. But you see somebody else who's not doing what you do. And you're doing what you do because you're saved, you're sanctified, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and you know God has gifted you with this, and you're doing this particular work, but this other person not doing what you're doing like you're doing it, so they must not be saved. And then that person who has a different gift is busy doing what they've been gifted to do, and they're being a blessing, and they're helping, and they're loving, and they're serving, they're doing the body of Christ, they're doing all they can do, and they're looking at you and say, you ain't doing what I'm doing. So you must not be saved. But the real issue comes in when the two folk who found somebody who's not saved, the real issue comes that that person who thinks the other person not saved and that other person thinks the other person not saved, they never talk to each other. They talk to other people about the other one not being saved. 
the, the, the thing is, is that we all are members of one body and the body has different functions and we all should really be doing different things, but God should be getting glory because we all are one body. So I like that unifying part as it talks about we ought to be unifying as a church, never dividing, but always coming together. And uh, chapter 3 talks about I will not let my church be about my preferences and my desires. Chapter 3, I am a church member. I will not let my church be about my preferences and my desires. It's not about what I want, when I want it, how I want it, when I want it. If I don't get it like I want it, heads will roll. Well, that's not the church of Jesus Christ. So, in chapter 3, he mentions us having the mind of Christ. And one commentary says this to me. It says, people can rob us of our joy. And Paul was facing problems with the people at Rome as well as with the people in Philippi. It was Philippi who concerned him the most because when Epaphroditus brought a generous gift to the, from the church to Philippi, in Philippi, he brought good news to Paul, but he also brought bad news of a possible division in the church family where there was arguments and disagreements. It was a double threat in the unity of that church because there were false teachers coming from without the church and disagreeing members from within the church. I'm talking about the church in Philippi. Yeah. Paul knew what some church workers today do not know and that there's a difference between unity and uniformity. Mm. See, uniformity comes as a result of pressure from without. Yeah, there are some things that even as pastor I can do and others in the congregation could do to make us all be uniform in what we're doing. That's uniformity. But uniformity is not unity. Yeah, if, if I had enough money and told you I'd give you so much money, if you would pray out loud in 10 minutes from there, and I offered everybody who would pray $5,000, I would have uniformity. Everybody would be praying. Some folk would pray extra. But... Uniformity is the result of pressure from without, but true spiritual unity comes from within. It's a matter of heart. Amen. This is why Paul opens, as he talks about this, he, uh, this whole section, he appeals to the highest spiritual motives. He says, since the believers are in, at Philippi are in Christ, or he says they're with Christ, this is what encourages us to work toward unity and love, not division and rivalry. Notice in 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Before we knew Christ, we thought and we acted in all kind of ways. Let me say that again. I ain't by myself. Before we came to know Christ, we acted all kind of ways. Thought all kind of stuff. Did all kind of stuff. Now, I know you still do some stuff, even though you're saved. But if you're doing it now, at least you realize that it's wrong and you need God 
to forgive you of all your wrongness and you ask others for forgiveness. But Paul is saying to us that there are times we need to understand when we come to Christ, we need to have a transformed mind and we're transformed by his love. In a gracious way, Paul is saying to the church, your disagreements reveal that there is a spiritual problem in your fellowship. It isn't going to be solved by rules, not going to be solved by threats. It's going to be solved when the hearts are right with Christ and in right with each other. Paul wanted them to see that the basic cause of this was selfishness. And the cause of selfishness was pride. There could be no joy in the life of the Christian who puts himself above others. Let me say it again. There could be no joy in the life of the Christian who puts himself above others. The secret of joy, in spite of circumstances, is to have a single mind that's, that's set on Christ. You can make it through every circumstance. If you've got a single mind that I know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, no matter what you're going through, whatever the circumstance is, you can make it through that circumstance with a single mind and focus upon who Christ is. The secret of joy in spite of people is to have a submissive mind, submissive to what God is saying to us. Notice he says this, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Uh, he's saying that we, we ought to be encouraged. He's saying don't do anything out of selfish ambition, ambition or vain deceit, but in humility. He's stressing to us that 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 we do, we ought to do it with the right mind, the right mindset. In other words, we ought to do as Philippians 1 is telling us all about, is have the mind of Christ, knowing that Christ comes first. Now, Philippians chapter 2, in Philippians 1, he says, Christ comes first. In Philippians 2, he says, then others next. Matter of fact, I heard it put this way once before. To have joy, J-O-Y, joy. To have joy, you must have Jesus, others, than you. Joy. You see, Paul went and sold in Philippians 1, but in Philippians 2, Paul's become a servant. In Philippians 1, we learn to put Christ first. Now, how do you put Christ first? And then how do you serve Christ? It's, it's very it's very easy. It's, it's elementary. If you don't get anything else, get this. The way we serve Christ is to serve others. I, 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 know, I know as great as you cook, and, and, and you might make the best, almost said fried, baked chicken, <laughs> and the best collard greens, the best sweet potato pie. But how are you going to give that to a God who sits high and looks low? How is Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father going to receive the very presence of that that you have to give unto him? And every day we serve Christ by serving others. We can do it that way. Well, what do you mean? It's like a song that Deacon Macmore used to always sing and always refer back to. Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, 
my prayer shall be for others. Help me in all the work I do to ever be sincere and true and know that all I'll do for you must needs be done for others. Let self be crucified and slain and buried deep and all in vain. May efforts be to rise again except to live for others. So when my work on earth is done and my new work in heaven begun, I'll praise you for the crown I've won, but praise you more for others. Yes, others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be, help me to live for others that I might live like thee. He calls us to love others. He calls us to reach out to others. It's taught to us in Philippians 2 to serve others. Now understand, when we talk about how much we love God, and I don't doubt that we love God. Oh, I know we here at First Half of Baptist Church and those who come from other places. Listen, I know we love God. But the way we love God is manifest in how we love each other. Well, God puts it this way. He says we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. 1 John 4, 19-21. Now I know we come to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Y'all heard me say this a million times or close to it. God did not save you and save me just so we could go to heaven. We are going because we saved, because of the blood of Jesus. We got heaven. But if he had only saved us because he wanted us to go to heaven, he would have killed us the moment he saved us. But he saved us because there's work for us to do. And, and listen, the work God does for us is salvation. The work God does in us is sanctification. That's when he's separating us for a purpose of doing something special for him. So the work God does for us is salvation. The work God does in us is sanctification. But the work God does through us is service. We have to position ourselves so we can serve God especially in times like these. And it's important for us to understand when the Bible talks about humility, the humble person is not one who thinks merely of himself. He simply does not think of himself at all. Now, humility is that grace that when you know you have it, you lost it. I'll say it again. Humility is that grace that once you know you have it, you lost it. Because now you're proud because you have what you were so humble about having, but you can't be, anyway. <laughs> so the truly humble person knows himself and accepts himself. He yields himself to Christ to be a servant, for Christ to use us. Others is the key idea in this chapter. The believer's eyes are turned away from himself and focus on the needs of others. I'm kind of put this in there and I'm done. 
I know folk think that having a submissive mind means having a mind where you at everybody's beck and call and that you sort of become a religious doormat. No. Some people try to purchase friends and maintain church unity by giving in to everybody else's whims and wishes. It's not what Paul is suggesting. He's talking about being a servant and being a servant like Christ. Do you realize sometimes for us to do something for others, others we count it as a sacrifice? Let me, I'm going to be real and I'm done. There are some folk that you just don't like because I know we love everybody. I hear it all the time. I love everybody. I just don't like them. All right? I'm trying to help us this morning because I, I want us all to make heaven our home. That's the purpose behind this. So he said, why are you saying that this morning? I, he, I, we want heaven to be our home. God loves us all. But he didn't just say he loves us all. He made a sacrifice on our behalf. We can say we love each other and don't like certain folk, but we need to like folk. We need to love folk in a way that they know that it's God working in us so he could get glory. What would happen if you text or you back unfriended you backfriended the folk who you unfriended <laughs> just to let them know how much you really love them because of Christ. What about your family members that you don't talk to and, and you, you, they better not come by your, they better not come your way. What happened if you decided to tell them because of Christ, I love you. And I know we have disagreements. I know we didn't agree on X, Y, and Z. You know some folk get bit out of state by stuff that happened 50 years ago. <laughs> and they were 52 years old. <laughs> but think about it. God is trying to transform a world unto him. It's no mistake that we got so much hatred going on in the world right now at the highest levels. And God is really calling the church to be the church. He's calling the church members to be the church members. See, we're not just church when we come in this wall, in these walls. I, I know a lot of times we think that. I, I hear a lot of times when we're praying and I, I don't, don't stop praying how you're praying, but I'm just making a comment. I'm not shining on anybody's prayer. But many times we pray for all the church members. This is how we pray for them. We're praying for all the First African Baptist Church from the pulpit to the dough. So if we're not sitting in the pews and in the pulpit, you ain't really praying for us. See, we have to transform our being church members from being in the church building. Now, I love it that in the church building, we do our best to get along. I, 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 ain't, I, ain't, I ain't sad about that. I'm glad in the church building we don't cuss each other out. I'm grateful for that. I'm glad in the church building that, that we don't fuss and fight and cuss and act like we don't know Jesus. I am glad about that. 
But wouldn't it be great if we could do the same thing outside of the church building? Wouldn't it be great if we could let the world know that we serve a living Savior? I believe Deacon House in the Sunday school class this morning, they were talking about how, how, how when we care and share with each other as people who know Christ, if we care and share with each other, nobody a part of First African should go without food and nobody in First African should go without be together. But listen, God is equipping us and he's given us the resources not just to help First African, but to help the world. But listen to this. People in the world sometimes will act like they know Christ better than we do. All right? Pay attention. You ever seen any folk out there drinking? And they ain't got but one bottle. But they ain't talking about this is my bottle. It pass it on, next person drink out of it. Every once in a while they wipe off the top. Not all the time, just every once in a while. And then when they're so drunk that they're trying to get somewhere, or between all of them, might be four or five of them, they ain't got but one good pair of legs. But they all hang on each other. And try to get where they're going. What would happen if the people of God would have love for each other in the midst of our troubles and our trials? It hurts when folk have problems, situations, bad things that happen in their lives, and then because the bad things happen, they decide, I can't go to church this morning. Because folk going to talk about me. I can't go to church this morning because my loved one in a particular and they're going to look at me funny. Shouldn't the church be the number one place where they run to on worship on Sunday? Shouldn't we be the ones that put our arms around people who have fallen and come short? I know we do a good job at masking stuff and hiding stuff from each other so nobody know I did anything. We come here on Sunday morning. We all perfect. I haven't sinned today. But God knows where we are and what we've done. And notice this. God knows everything about us. And he loves us. If God could love us through all the stuff, why can't we love each other? Why can't we serve the way God wants us to serve? Love like God wants us to love. Care like God wants us to care. Now, I know you're going to have issues with people, something somebody said about what they said when they didn't mean to say what they said because they said what they said that somebody else said they said 10 years ago what they said, but you know they mean what they said, but you know they said it. I get it. I get it. But God is greater than all of that. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. What did Jesus do? The fact that we sinned, we come short, we messed up, we didn't do what we ought to do. What did Jesus do for you and for me? The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, even though we messed up, he sacrificed for you and for me. And we become the Christ figure walking on earth now. So it's our cause to sacrifice for the cause of Christ. That others may see our good work and give God glory. You know, there used to be a time when we did care about everybody that got shot and killed in our community. 
I said there was a time when we did care about everybody who was shot and killed, whether we knew them or not, whether they were in our families or not. There was a time when the church would be in prayer for them and their families and would go to them and do what we could to help them. And I remember when it started that we started getting careless and we started getting callous, is what I meant to say. We started getting caught callous about this. I never forget, I remember when it happened. It was when we started hearing the news report that so-and-so was shot, so-and-so got killed, and we would say, oh, that's so horrible. And they would make the statement, it was drug-related. And we would say, oh, but that makes sense. And couldn't have found out many times stuff that was drug-related was not drug-related. But even if it was, does God still love us in spite of drug-related stuff? He's calling us to love everybody. We had a little back and forth this week. And the person who was going back and forth, not present this morning, but I'm just going to mention, I mentioned no names, and a little, a little um, what you call it, thread we had in, in Texas. When somebody mentioned about praying for, for the, pre- the present president of the United States of America. Somebody felt a little way about it, and somebody else had to come back. But didn't pastor say that we got to love everybody? And that we need to pray for everybody? And then they put the last comment on that, you need to pray, but you still need to vote. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Listen, listen. I want us to hear the heart of Tom Rainer, but more important, I want you to hear the heart of Apostle Paul, I want you to hear the heart of God about loving and caring for each other. No matter what has happened, and listen, Satan's going to try you with this. He's going to send the very folk that you know don't like you to your face with some mess. But you got to let them know God is greater than in the mess they could bring. You can let them know you got victory. And when other folk bring you stuff about somebody else, all you need to do is tell them, have you spoken to that person about it? If you ain't spoken to them, don't talk to me about it. Don't be a garbage can. Don't hold other stuff, other folk garbage. You know they give a garbage can for everybody's house. Let, let them get their own. Allow God to transform your heart and mind that we will love others the way God loves us unconditionally. Yes, we all have seen them come short. And if you want to sit around and tweet and Facebook and Snapchat about all the bad stuff we all have done, you'll be up all night long. (laughs) But we need to talk about the goodness of God, his grace and his mercy, and how he loves each one of us. Does anybody not know how much God loves us? I mean, does anybody better not know that he came through 42 generations? Does anybody not know that he came through 40 generations for you and for me and he walked on this earth and went about doing good? Out of all the good he did, folk talked about him, ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God, but he kept on doing good. Anybody didn't know that? Anybody know that he gave and he gave and he gave? He gave food to the hungry, water to the thirsty, sight to the blind, healing to the sick. He forgave life back to some who had died. 
Can you see our Lord and Savior out of all the giving he had done? Still they falsely accused him and arrested him, locked him up, whipped him all night long for you and for me. Can you see our Savior who did no wrong being treated worse than anybody could be treated, whipped all night long, pulled his hair out of his beard, hit him with rods as they blindfolded him, went from judgment hall to judgment hall, court to court. Even the judge said, I find no fault in him but then sentence him to capital punishment. A convicted felon. Jesus. Sentenced to die. But can you see him as they marching him up to Golgotha's hill? Whipping him. Can you see him as he gets to the top of the hill and when he gets there they put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, crown of thorns on his head. Can you see our Lord and Savior hanging on the cross for your sins and my sins? Can you see the blood running from his veins? But what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not because we've tried to be so good. Not because we've been so good. Not because we've survived. And was placed in a borrowed tomb. Stayed there all night Friday. All day Saturday. All night Saturday. But early on Sunday morning. He got up from the grave with power. Power over the grave. Victory over death. He ascended to heaven and he sent back the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who gifts us to do the work God has called us to do. I'm doing the invitation a little different this morning. I'm asking those who want to come for prayer because you admit you want to pray for the stuff you have in you that keeps you from being the loving, caring person you know God wants you to be. It's a time of healing. It's a time of saying, Lord, I've, I haven't been there. I've said things, done things I shouldn't have done, but I, I need you in my life. So we're going to ask folk to come forward first and pray. Then we'll extend the invitation. Wherever you are, if you know you need to pray this prayer, that God will transform your heart, your mind to be more of what God wants you to be. Just come that we can pray together. The only way we're going to have a safe community is to have a saved community. And we're going to pray together that God would moving our hearts, moving our minds, moving our lives to make that transformation. That we leave here today, we can love family, we can love friends, we can love enemies, we can love whoever, however. And we're going to trust God with it. We're not going to do it on our own. We're going to trust God. We're not going to do it on our own. We're going to trust God with it. We're not going to do it on our own. We're going to trust God with it. Because God can do what we can't do. There's no need for you to stay up all night long worrying about stuff and frustrated about people and stuff when there's a God who loves you, a God who died for you that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God has it. Y'all need to say that God has it. Whatever it is, God, we come right now in the precious, powerful, and peaceful name of Jesus. Come asking God that you move in our lives in such a special way that you will get glory. Help us to be the church members you want us to be. 
Help us to be the disciples that you want us to be. Yes. Create within us clean hearts. Renew a right spirit within us. Yes. God, help us to listen to what you want us to listen to, to say what you want us to say, yes. to go where you want us to go, to do what you want us to do. Yes. Help us to use the power you've given unto us yes, to transform this community yes. and transform this world. Yes. Let this mind be in us which is also in Christ Jesus yes, who thought of not robbery yes. though being equal with God yes. to not humble himself and become obedient even obedient to the death of the cross yes, we know God that one day yes. that because Jesus is who he is yes, and because you have done what you've done yes. we know that one day yes. every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess yes. that Jesus Christ is Lord yes. to the glory of God the Father. Yes. God, you know our individual circumstance, our individual situations. Yes, Lord. You know what we're going through right now personally and family-wise and, yes. and group-wise and all other kind of ways on our jobs and our schools. Yes. God, we know you know about it. Right now, we just turn it over to you. Yes. Lord, help us to have the right attitude. Yes, Lord. We do pray for your divine protection, God, where there may be bullying going on. Yes. That you would just move in our lives in a certain way that one, we would not be bullies, but that we would get the help that we need to make it through yes. and cause others to not bully also. Yes. But there's a tendency for violence, God. We pray that you would de-escalate the situation in such yes, a way. Lord that we can love you and your love will come forward if your divine protection on our yes. lives. Help us to do the work you called us to do, the way you called us to do it. Yes, Lord. Now, Lord, if there are any here today who have not accepted you as Lord and Savior, yes, Lord. but along with this commitment and this plan yes. today, need to come to know you as Lord and Savior, yes, we Lord. pray that they will come. Give me their hand as they give yes. you your, their hearts. Yes. God, if we have any who don't know you today, yes and would like to accept you as Lord of their lives because yes. of the fact that you died, that we might have life. Yes. God, we're asking that they will repeat this prayer with me right now yes. to accept you into their life. Yes. And they would pray, Father, I have sinned. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart, I in my heart. that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life and help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that Jesus died, rose from the grave, and coming back again. I'll tell them that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me right now. Have your way in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. amen and amen. God bless you. If there are those, you may be seated, if there are those who come to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or those who come to unite in fellowship with First Happen, won't you stay up here if you come to do that today? Yes, Come on, say Jesus is Say Jesus is
understand? Yes, he's above. Oh, Jim, baby.